Hello, governors, ladies, figures of the night. You clicked on it, so now you stop listening to it. A rando shots podcast with your right proper other human rando shot as your host. A socialist with champagne taste. Respect all the ways of the people with a mouthful of water. Nothing is better, nothing is wetter. Nothing can beat what you're about to listen to. So keep the downloads coming. The insults fucking flying. Sparing all expense in the machinations you're about to hear. And remember to keep your knickers untwisted and settle the price of your trainers. Because we at the Randall Shorts Podcast don't fucking care. Welcome to the carnival that is world geopolitics and all its inner machinations. I am your host, lovely, dashing, irresistible, stupid, and intelligent, capable and incapable as I am. Rando Shots. Appreciate you joining the mob on this wonderful and lovely day. The climate crisis is ever growing, governments are not progressing, the people are starving for content and maybe even food. Shelter is unknown. The future is completely uncertain, though scientists and Fallout developers have some ideas. But we are here in the now, and you lucky listeners have the right to listen to me travel about like a commoner on the affairs of the powerful, rich, famous, corrupt, backstabbing, polished, disheveled, and absolute fools that are those we call leaders. Do not fret. I will tell you nothing of their sort, because I am of you, the people, and that, oh, that you can bet, will make your listening experience great. Though if you are of legal age, a shot or two, blunt or bong, locked away sitting on a toilet, as you listen will definitely help, as well as grunting noises and pushing. All right, enough of this opening. Now time to turn things over to myself in front of the microphone. Hope you enjoy. And remember, Rando Shot's catchphrase, because we live in a capitalist society. Welcome, folks, as we said by myself and my British counterpart, we are a podcast of the people. So let's get into what the people want. And what do you want today? Well, you want to know if your 40 hours a week main job and 15 to 20 hour part time are killing you. The answer, well, we do live in a capitalist society and it wouldn't be so without a little exploitation and misuse of those with no significant capital but all the power so what do we get from being overworked competent pay no do we get validation in our lives if you are wanting to say I've worked hard when in reality you worked yourself to the grave then yes 
Do you see major progress from working hard at work? Well, ask yourself that question. What could be the most optimum workload for us in today's modern world? We are going to go through this, people, in our conversation today. Because you need to know, since you must work to survive, but working to survive is inadvertently killing you. To what extent can we maximize living and minimize work? Let's start with a story from the BBC on this topic about a woman named Lisa Cho. Written by Christine Rowe, Lisa Cho ignored the first symptoms. After all, the 53-year-old business analyst was a very active, fit vegetarian who cycled frequently and avoided high-fat foods. She was far from the typical victim of a heart attack. However, the Seattle-based Cho was working 60-hour work weeks, including evenings and weekends. She was facing tight deadlines and managing complex digital projects. This workload was utterly normal to her. I have a really high-stress job. I'm usually in over on overdrive, she says. It wasn't until several months ago when she suddenly started feeling an anvil-like pressure on her chest that she began to take her symptoms more seriously. In the hospital, it turned out that she had a tear in her artery. This is a hallmark of a spontaneous coronary artery dissection, otherwise known as SCAD a relatively rare heart condition that particularly affects women and people younger than 50. Told that she would need an angioplasty to open up her artery, Cho thought, I don't have time for this. I'm scheduled for migrations at work, and I'm doing all this stuff. You see, Miss Cho was a sufferer of what we call being overworked, because she only saw value in herself through her work, and her work had become her life. But she was working the coveted supervisorial desk job, nine to five, turn to whenever you're awake. And even if you are in the hospital. Capitalism breeds this market when not regulated. The market of people nearly dropping dead just to remain employed. Don't believe me or Mr. Cho's story? Well then here's some facts from the article. In a paper published 17th of May in 2021, I believe, authors from institutions including the World Health Organization and the International Labor Organization suggest that each year three-quarters of a million people are dying from ischemic, forgive me, I'm not a doctor, heart disease and stroke due to working long hours. This heart disease is also known as coronary heart disease. It involves narrowed arteries. Cho's SCAD is different from conventional isometric heart disease, but stress and high blood pressure are major factors in both. In other words, more people are dying from overwork than from malaria, end quote. Let that sink in. More people are dying from being overworked than from an actual, literal disease, malaria. Such a statement should scare you because in the end, you, me, you, and you, and everyone else under the moniker of the mob is in the condition where death can come at any moment because we are working so much and so hard. Think of it this way. You could simply die because you work at a McDonald's, not because of the grease, 
not because of being burned, not because of the heat, but just out of nowhere with no understanding of why it's happening because you've been working. Think of it this way. If you work a typical nine to five, you could die simply because your nine to five turns to nine to seven thirty several weeks in a row and four years down the line because during that several weeks in a row you tore a hole in your heart you'll find yourself dying with no understanding why but maybe you need numbers well I have you covered and so do folks over at NPR.org in an article called overworked killed more than 745,000 people in a year whose study finds by Bill Chappell, it is stated, the global study, which the WHO calls the first of its kind, found that in 2016, 488 million people were exposed to the risk of working long hours. In all, more than 745,000 people died that year from overwork that resulted in stroke and heart disease, according to the WHO. Between 2000 and 2016, the number of deaths from heart disease due to working long hours increased by 42% and from stroke by 19%. The WHO said as it announced the study, which it conducted with the International Labor Organization, in quote. Now folks, labor, labor is intensive on the body, regardless of what labor you're doing especially the type of labor we do today, which was not normal for humans and still isn't. Our ancestors did not stand for hours and hours working. They did not use their body in intensive walks through Amazon facilities and around the heavy heat of a fast food restaurant for nine hours with little break or access to easy water gathering. We as humans have consistently done one, th one thing to nature come together to develop the means to overcome nature's natural boundaries on our own, making life easier. But in today's world, the proper means of work and life balance does not exist, for it is defined by those with power and capital, the likes of Big Daddy Jeff Bezos, Dum Dum Elon Musco, Hell, you can even throw in Bill suspiciously was very good friends with Jeffrey Epstein Gates. It's defined by those who are powerful and in the shadows that we do not know. Even during the Renaissance labor, did not require three-fourths of your waking hours during the week. Farming before modern industrialization and tools was not an everyday job for the farmer. It was in fact something which occupied their time for only a few months out of the year, leaving them with many, many months and time to recoup, recover, and do whatever they like. We here in America are screwed heavily. Don't believe me? Or think that maybe it will get better if you get out of your two high labor jobs typical of the youth? Well, let's turn to 20somethingfinance.com and G.E. Miller who has gathered a collection of information and data for us to look at. Let's ring some out for you all, and as I do, ask yourself how you feel about them. According to the Center for American Progress, 
on the topic of work and family life balance, in 1960, only 20% of mothers worked. Today, 70% of American children live in households where all adults are employed. I don't care who stays home and who works in terms of gender. Work opportunity equality for all. It's a family choice. But when all adults are working within a household with children, that's a huge hit to the American family and free time in the American household, end quote. In other words, if you have children and you and your significant other are struggling to make rent, it's not a matter of who stays home with the children, it's a matter of both must go out and work. Some form of child care must be provided or acquired during times in which the children are not in school. And when children get out of school, there is also a several risk period hours upon which the child can get into what we would call a mysterious van. That's right, work is quite possibly leading to kidnaps of children across America. Now, our next point. The U.S. is the only country in the Americas without a national paid parental leave benefit. The average is over 12 weeks of paid leave anywhere other than Europe, and over 20 weeks in Europe. End quote. I don't even give a damn about the numbers in that statement, ladies and gentlemen of the mob. What I care about is the factor of only country in the Americas. The leader of the Americas is supposed to be the United States, is it not? Is this not what we are made to believe? And yet everyone has us right fucked when it comes to national paid parental leave. Their next point. Zero industrialized nations are without mandatory option for new parents to take parental leave. That is, except for, and say it with me, the United States. End quote. I added the say it with me. Zero industrialized nations are without mandatory options for new parents. The options must be provided mandatorily. The parents have the choice to take them or not. But it's not about the choice, it's about the factor that the option is there without repercussions and reinforced and backed up by powerful governments of industrialized nations, of which they would tell you plenty of times that America could be one of those nations, when in reality, we are the third world country wearing a fucking Gucci belt, and we got our Gucci belt at a knockoff stand in the middle of Chinatown in New York. So it's probably not even fucking Gucci. To the next quote, at least 134 countries have laws setting the maximum length of the work week. The U.S. does not. End quote. Fuck me. And I don't mean fuck me long, fuck me hard, daddy. No, I mean fuck me, no lube, this is fucked up. I thought the pictures of children coming out of coal mines in the early 1900s and dismembered and disfigured members of the workforce was enough to maybe shorten at least the work week, let alone provide safety. And while OSHA does exist, how many of you have actually seen an OSHA enforcer come into your workplace? I know I haven't. 
and I have been at several places for at least longer than two years. So how could we expect them to put laws setting the maximum length of the work week? And how in the fuck are 134 countries ahead of us on this matter? It's not even a marathon we're running, folks. They're running the marathon and our asses are still getting dressed, freshly out of bed after getting fucked with no lube. On to their next point. According to OECD stats, U.S. workers work an average of 1,767 hours per year versus an OECD country average of 1,687. This is 435 more hours per year than German workers, 400 more hours per year than the United Kingdom workers, 365 more hours per year than French workers, and 169 more hours per year than Japanese workers. Of all OECD countries, only the workers in Chile, Mexico, Israel, Korea, and Costa Rica average more hours worked per year. Per year. Now, let's go through some of those countries compared to us and the averages. And mind you, an average is a middle ground. Majority of the folks sit above the average, meaning that average of 1,767 hours for most people is probably somewhere around 2100 hours. Versus the Germans, well, they have industrialized themselves and led themselves down a more socialist but reserved path. And their workers know exactly how life is going to be before they even exit high school. What about the UK? Well, the UK is an island that we will not discuss until they handle the matter of their monarchy. What about the French? We are former clandestine lovers and carers of the French as they were for us in solidifying our revolution. And they have unions that make it practically impossible for employers to fire workers without severe justifiable reason. So of course they kick our ass while eating a bouguette and not giving a damn. And what about the Japanese? Well, some of my listeners are weebs. Some of them understand the way of affairs in the Japanese cultural workplace. And they do know that Japanese workers oftentimes go to sleep at their desk as it is considered a sign of commitment to the workplace. And yet some fucking how we work more hours than the motherfuckers who go to sleep at their desk. And we can't even sleep at our desk. What the fuck is going on? Of all OECD countries, we only beat out Chile, Mexico, Israel, Korea, and Costa Rica. Of course we beat out Costa Rica. They have no doubt been screwed sideways by colonial ambitions. As far as Korea goes, I have no idea if they're talking about South or North. But either way, the situations in both countries are quite substantially fucked unless you're a league player in the South and unless you weigh at least 395 pounds with a weird hairdo and especially outdated clothing attire in the North. In Israel, 
Well, I have no comment. I don't really understand the situation going on in Israel, but when I get more information from their mob, I'll get back to our mob. As for Mexico, well, they're basically the United States, just with a border, and speaking an entirely different language than what is expected in America. Is that racism? Well, of course it is, because America has no definitive language, and a lot of our citizens are wonderful Spanish-speaking people. But they work more because we buy from them. In Chile, I don't really have much comment because I also do not know what is going on down there. I will get back to you when I get more information from their mob to ours. On to the next quote. There is not a federal law requiring paid sick days in the United States. End quote. Fuck. What is the point of the federal government then? I genuinely don't know, and do you have the answer? Of course not, people. Because we all don't know. To the next point, the U.S. remains the only industrialized country in the world that has no legally mandated annual leave. End quote. Why in the hell are we the only ones who don't have a lot of shit? Isn't that the whole point of being American? To have things in excess? To have things in ways that no other nation can match? Isn't that the whole concept of the United States of America? To take shit and do it big, and then go to Texas and do it bigger. And yet, for some reason, we aren't popping up on any of these fucking lists. I'm getting a little fucking concerned. To the next point, in every industrialized country except Canada and Japan, and the U.S., which averages 13 days per year, workers get paid at least 20 paid vacation days on average. In France and Finland, they get 30, an entire month off paid every year. End quote. These numbers are going up in recent days and months in this year of 2022 as France is experimenting with increasing it as well as Finland. And they're already at an entire month. In other words, if you have worked from January to November, your boss will tell you get the fuck out for December and a happy ho-ho fucking no-work holiday. Meanwhile, over here, we get 13 days total. 13. Now, Canada, our neighbor to the north, who we are exporting a lot of our idiocracy and bullshit well they have different reasons of course and different setups and their government is slightly more competent as far as japan goes again the culture over there is you work and you work hard a similar culture to that of the united states but one that's actually carried out with honor and focus determination and commitment Twenty paid vacation days, I would salivate. A lot of locations require that you be there for years and years before they so much as sniff twenty. And you've practically got to be there for thirty years in order to get an entire month off in most cases. Which is complete and utter bullshit. 
Because majority of those days, you are not doing much in the way of productivity. So why not spend them at home? To the next point. Are companies fairly, ruthlessly fire and lay off workers with at-will employment laws protecting them? End quote. Holy fuck did this happen to me. Most states have some form of employment laws that they must follow that are federally mandated. But at the end of the day, the final say comes down to the states, and I live in an at-will state. Now, I understand the need to fire somebody who decides to put a camera inside the women's restroom. I understand the need to fire someone who decides to lay their hands on someone and fucked around and found out. I understand the need to fire someone who has stolen money from the safe. I understand the need to fire someone who has more or less completely obliterated the morale of the entire workplace. But companies do not use their at-will abilities for such means. In fact, they'll go to bat for the pervert who put the camera in the bathrooms. In fact, they'll keep someone on the books until they're in jail for stealing from the safe. In fact, the fucker who sucks the morale out of everyone at the workplace well, that son of a bitch is going to end up being everyone's boss simply because they're not liked. Karma has a weird way of fucking us here in America. At will is bullshit. It's a concept created just so capital owners can feel powerful. And it does make them powerful. It gives them the ability to threaten termination without a moment's notice in a lot of states, and many workers have no choice but to accept it. They can fire and lay your ass off for no fucking apparent reason, even if you are the largest productive member of the group, simply because you didn't wink back at the boss when he walked in the front door and found your slightly cleavage-revealing shirt to be enticing to his loins. Fucking weirdo. American workers tend to undervalue and are insecure about the worth that they provide. The merits of the free market and meritocracy are continually drilled into our brains, end quote. Shit. In other words, we've all been drinking the fucking red Gatorade. We are all playing along to the game. The merits of the free market? I see no merits. Majority of us are getting, well, as I've said before, fucked. Meritocracy? Fuck. What's strange about this entire situation is, we have known that this free market and the meritocracy are bullshit for quite some time. In fact, one could look as far back as the 1910s and 1920s when there were cries for workers' rights to know that we have understood this shit for at least a century. But because we are American workers, we simply put our head in the sand and we keep 
pushing forward. To the next point, cultural value of money over everything else. We love money, we want more of it, and we think money can buy happiness. And the more we work, the more we get paid, or so the theory goes. End quote. Damn, that one stabbed at the heart of majority of you. I have several friends that, I swear to God, they're printing money at this point just to buy things, even if it's illegal. We do value money over everything else. It drives our entire existence because capitalism has set us up to live such a way. There are challenges, of course, with living such a way, such as we must simply be quiet and put our heads down and deal with things as they are, otherwise our money flow could smell a little bit off. And then the cap will get cut off. And then we, because we live in an at-will state, will get cut off. And all the money that we have accrued to that point will be all that we have, but we have spent it because we are consumers. We ourselves are a commodity. And we like buying other commodities to make us feel good. Does it make you feel good now? To understand that you are working yourself to death to buy things that simply don't matter. That you are playing into the system that you are a cog in the machine. Now I am not Andrew Tate. I am not telling you to step out of the matrix because I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. But I am telling you that we are playing a game. And though it's not as lethal in immediate action as Saul was, it's still lethal nonetheless. Now this is, this is America, folks. Tell me, does it sound right that this is the world we live in? Does it sound right that the entire world practically has us beat on workers' rights? Laws protecting the right to work and proper balance of life versus work? Is it right that you have to fear your boss and he has to fear his boss going on in a chain until you get to the lazy, overpaid, top-heavy group who don't even do the labor that makes the money? Is it right that by your middle age you have a higher chance of dying to a secret heart attack building up in you because work stress than fucking malaria? Well, what is a counter some might say to you? Some people would say, don't like your 40-hour-a-week job, get a new one. Get stronger and tougher is alluded to in the bottom points from the 20-something article. Let me make it clear. The point of the Randall Shot podcast is to speak the will of the people. You, me, and many countless others in the mob, and even some of those who have not yet joined the mob. And let me make it clear the view of the Rando Shots podcast on this matter. To those who say don't like your 40 hour a week job, get a new one, fuck you. I hope you run over a bunch of nails. I hope you accidentally pour soda into your engine when changing your oil. 
I hope every soda you pop open is shaken up. I hope your stove is unplugged when you first move into a new home. I hope everyone that prepares your food spits on it in every drive-thru. I hope you forget the password to your Bitcoin wallet and that it holds billions of dollars of worth in it and you never get to access it. I hope that you're forced to eat the last slice of bread in every loaf. I hope that all your peanut butter is chunky. And I don't mean chunky by purpose. I hope that every jug of milk you open is moldy, you fuck. I hope your internet goes out every Saturday morning and does not come back until Sunday at midnight. I hope you are forced to be an iPhone user for the rest of your entire miserable fucking life. On behalf of the people, we will shoot you to the moon and hope you never regain the means to return to Earth. This is not 1890. We are not. Without labor laws in a baseline form, we are not knitting a billion stacks of clothes. We are not working coal mines in mass. We are not tending to farms with sole ox and horse. We are not handpicking throughout the entire process of food production. Factories practically run on majority robotic setups with staff focusing on overseeing these devices and not the production process itself. Are there instances of these things happening in today's world? Yes, look at any nation in the world long and deep enough and you will find it especially any nation touched by a former European white power. But their lives should be improved too. No one is saying forget them. And their mobs will receive the support of our mob whenever the time comes, but I don't want to make those in those mobs believe who their countries are not involved in such affairs cry too early in our podcast life. In other words, I don't want those who think America is great to realize it's not, at least not yet, in this topic. So we have examined the effects, the reasons why, the harm it does onto society as a whole, by being overworked, even at 40 hours a week jobs. And I didn't even get into the social setting of those jobs. Because we all have that one person we absolutely fucking hate. That one person we hope gets stuck in traffic on the way to work. That one person we hope zips their wee-wee up when putting on their pants. That one person who destroys the bathroom at the beginning of the day, making it unusable for everyone else because it smells like they gave birth to a thousand dead babies. That one person we want to place their hand on the hot oven just so they can be sent home because the bosses won't do it. That one person who is constantly on their phone doing nothing and will actively work to disappear in the busiest moments to either go rub one out or do a line because someone told them they looked good one day when they were five. You're still ugly. And the worst person of them all, the person who can enter a good conversation between workers and completely suck the atmosphere out of the place. All these people deserve exile to not just the moon, but if they manage to make it there and survive, we should nuke the moon while they are there. Everyone knows Double Tap to be sure.
Well, the pandemic opened options, which many companies are trying to close. Remote work, more breaks, and worker care. And most important of all, the past three years have made it time for the union to return. And I don't mean the mob union, I mean our mob union. We have nothing left, and more and more people are coming to recognize this. They are banding together, taking the risk, and making the votes necessary to begin the process of unionizing workplaces. And oh, are the capital owners shaking in their titty-witty boots made of gold. Companies are fighting back hard, spending billions and billions to convince you this isn't necessary. Telling you this is a family, that they know what is best for you and will carry out these tasks in order to improve the family. You aren't my dad. You're not my dad. You are not him. I don't know who the fuck you are until you started signing my checks and depositing them into my account. Remember this above everything else, folks. Work. Work is not your family. It's work. My mother always said to me when she became a member of the mob, work is solely about a paycheck, motherfucker. Don't get it twisted. Regardless of if you swing your sexual organs around the place or the plug in the cubicle number 17, spend more hours on the toilet watching YouTube videos and porn than they do sitting before their desk because there isn't much attentive work to do. It's still just work. To some of you pausing in that moment, don't laugh, you know you've done it. Work is a paycheck. I do not consider what I do as a representative of the people on this podcast as work, though I have been informed that I could be paid for it, and hope one day I can be paid handsomely. But most jobs we have in life, in the end, are life. If we could be anywhere else but there, we would. In hindsight, it is safer for Karens if things go that way because many of them flirt with death the way they often talk to us at our workplaces. They should be begging their powerful and leadered husbands to put into laws making work easier on people. Unless their husbands are cheating and secretly don't want them to return home one day, which is more than likely the case because they've gone to bars and clubs with friends on so-called business trips and the eye of some fresh 18 year old though quite often younger than that has caught their attention and they're more focused on turning her into the next trophy wife than keeping the wife that they currently have and took vows to because these cretins aren't humans vows mean nothing to them they are not members of the mob they have taken no oath so the 30-something-year-younger mistress can become the new wife? Well, I have no problem with that. Get your bag. Exploit the midlife crisis male, you huntress. Get your bag. As for the hours many countries and companies in other countries are trying out today, 
four-day work weeks, rotating staff to ensure extended breaks from work. Unions, of course, bring right requirements for employees versus the more powerful employer, who's only powerful because they are the capital owner, and we live in a capitalist society. Better paid leave enforcement from our federal government and minimum wage pay. In other words, do your damn job, federal government. Represent my ass, the mob. Federal protections for unforeseen circumstances with the federal enforcement rather than internal HR departments. In other words, remember this. Human resources is not there for the human. It's there for the company, which technically is considered a human thanks to our stupid-ass Supreme Court. But we all know the truth. A company cannot be a member of the mob. It is not the Randall Shots podcast that speaks to you. It is the Rando Shot hosts, me. Provision of trainings within working hours rather than external settings that take time. In other words, if there is a trucker crisis, people should not have to go out and pay for their own CDL lessons. Why in the fuck doesn't the company that's having the crisis do so? And while doing so, pay my ass. Agreements can be made. I can agree to work with you for an extended period of time following my CDO license acquiring. If not, should the contract be broken, I should be allowed to pay you off. Don't have me doing training exercises after you've offered me the job and before you've even had me fill out my I-9 tax reform. Outlawing at-will state guidelines and establishing better safety nets for employees when in states of layoff or unemployment. In other words, give the people the power that they do actually hold. Don't hold us back with bullshit like being fired suddenly just because I live in a certain area of the country. And help my ass when I do get in certain situations because the reality is this. I live in a capitalist society and living is hard. Taking away the burdens of needing to work. And I don't mean no one should have to work because we are nowhere near such a state in society. Star Trek is a long fucking ways off, folks. I don't even think we're going to get there. But what I do mean is health insurance should not be attached to one's employment. It should be attached to federal provisions instead. Let's be real. A lot of us accept jobs solely based on the benefits package. On how good our health insurance is going to be. And even then we still get fucked. Because it costs so much to take care of yourself here in the United States of America. It's complete and utter bullshit. You know it and I know it. Better resource connections provided from HR departments in situations of improper work conditions and should acceptable complaints not be met then repercussions for the employer by federal fines if not outright closure or alternation of ownership. 
Now what I mean by that last part is, I love me a good fucking co-op, where all the workers have a stake in the business, can define their hours and come together to properly run the place that they work at. Of course there will be certain leaders of the groups and representatives, but it is better this way if we all have a stake in it. Better working conditions. A grocery register operator does not need to be standing their whole shift. Shit, it's just swiping eggs. So long as they manage to put the cold items in the blue bag and the warm items in the white bag, I give no fucks. Someone working a ticket booth does not need to be standing all day. These measures can be expanded to different work locations with different variations and forms as you all understand. Mental breaks need to be had and proper staffing levels kept. If the location cannot provide these things, then it is quite possible that in most cases the owners are exploiting the human workers to the degree Miss Cho was exploited, making the owner inadvertently a killer in a sense. I hope that you understand the risk you are now at by being overworked. I hope that now the mob has talking points to share with co-workers, or at the very least express concern over observations of the workspaces you were in or have been in, or will soon be in, or currently are in. For the only way this change comes, the only way the mob's cry of reform is heard and happens, is if the conversation reaches more than just the mob. It reaches the masses. And people understand that this is the common right of every worker and that this is the way the world should go if we want to regain our lives. Not be depressed and forced into work on the daily because we have to, but because we want to. Do not be afraid to speak up. Do not be afraid to be the microphone. Do not be afraid to make the first move. Investigate your laws in your area on the matter. Research local unions and national union groups. Be the reform. Be the voice of the mob when not within my presence as that is my job. And I will destroy you if you attempt to. For I am dashing, ravishing, more cunning than you and I don't spend hours winking on the toilet at work like that one guy you hate. We thank you for listening. You can find us on many streaming platforms. Just look us up on Google. You can also find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, RSS.com, and other locations you get your podcasts. We can't wait to have you in the mob again. And remember, it is all because we live in a capitalist society. you folks still standing around for, eh? Get the calls in the reform. The Rando Shorts podcast will be back. I promise you that, yeah? Okay? Our host, 
requires rest. A lay down and some tea. Stand together. Listen again if the message must be replayed. Be not afraid, people. Reform and change are inevitable. And you have the bloody power. That's what you got, yeah? But anyways, to the next time on the Random Shorts Bloody Fucking Podcast. Make sure you share, yeah?